today on a family edition of the Rundown South podcast. I got my first cousin, DeAnthony Arnett. Y'all may know him from the Unsportsmanlike Conduct podcast over there from the Forecast podcast, or you may know him from his new clothing line, Idol Worldwide. That's I Daily Overcome Life, or you may know him from some of his athletic endeavors. Uh, either way, he's on the podcast today to talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs and some of the interesting people that he's crossed along his way. So uh, we back, man. It's the rundown. Let's get it. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hit them both cams. This what the people need. Hey, what's happening, folks? What it do? What up, though? It's your homie, homie CL, and we back live on the Rundown South Podcast. Gotta know that. And I'd like to thank you for joining me. However you're joining me, I do appreciate it. Hopefully, you came through from therundown.com. That's D8rundown.com. Gotta know that. And if you like what you're hearing, you can get this thing every time come out. Just go ahead and subscribe to it on your favorite podcast catcher, whether that be iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, all them good things. Whatever you like, you can get that thing right there. So I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as always, we coming to you live from ATL, Georgia. But today, we're going to take it from the dirty south to the dirty glove, the dirty mitt in Detroit, Michigan. And we call up my little cousin, D'Anthony Yarnett. Y'all might know him from... The Unsportsmanlike Conduct Podcast from the Forecast Network. Shout out to all them up there doing their thing. I see y'all up there. Uh, D has a pretty interesting story himself. So I wanted him to come on and talk a little bit about it. Um, I kind of preview it right here. It was kind of an off-the-cuff situation since we were recording something else. Uh, But since I had him in, I figured I'd give him uh, a little room to talk about that. But most of the podcast will be about us discussing the NBA playoffs. Now, as sports is, it can be time sensitive. And so we recorded this podcast on May 9th. And I knew there was a good chance that this podcast would not get out until a little bit later than I would have liked. So instead of focusing on the series themselves or the matchups, I use each series to get a topic for us to discuss. So there were four matchups. So we had four different NBA topics. So some of the information is a little bit dated. So you can kind of look at it like a, a recap. But I did not go matchup heavy. This is not one of those type of NBA podcasts. Uh, all right. So with all that said, I appreciate you guys coming in for another episode. Let's get into it with D'Anthony Yarnett, my little cuss. What's going on, D? What's the deal? You all right? I'm cooling, man. And uh, <clears throat> I do appreciate you taking out some time to just kick it on the podcast and talk a little bit about sports. Oh, yeah, no problem. Now, uh, 
for those of you who don't know, DeAnthony is an athlete, went to Michigan State, played football there, wide receiver, uh, high school, all city, all state, all American, just all everything. Uh, and now he actually does a little bit of sports talk on a different podcast is the unsportsmanlike podcast on the forecast podcast network. It's a little bit of a mouthful. I ain't going to lie. When I just said it out loud, <laughs> it was a little bit much like on the paper. It didn't seem like much. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to the forecast podcast, man. Uh, it's a network in itself. Um, you know, we got four different shows that we do. Um, I'm on the unsportsmanlike podcast where we talk about, you know what I'm saying? All this, all the sports. That's what we, that's what we talk about. You know, talk about all sports, all the big things that's going on in the world. Okay, now before we get into talking about some topics, tell me a little bit about the uh the forecast network and kind of what you're doing over there. Is that I'm I'm assuming that wasn't your idea. Uh Yeah, but. no, no, no. Nope, it it wasn't, man. Um Forecast Podcast, like I said, it's a uh, it's a Detroit based uh podcast ne- network. Uh with a range of different shows, man. Uh so we got like the forecast actual show where um they talk about like, you know, we talk about everything that's like going on in the world, rather it's, you know, Trump doing something stupid or, uh, what else? Uh, just, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the stuff with Aisha Curry that just happened, you know what I'm saying? That, that big interview, that was big news right. yesterday or, or Cardi B at Met Gala or whatever we talk about, you know what I'm saying? Everything. So it's kind of like a, you know, All we, we really talk about like y'all, literally every year. We y'all, y'all get the, the got the like, whole culture covered, basically. Say it again. I said you, but you got the whole culture covered. Is it? yeah, the whole culture. Basically, talk about the whole culture. Uh, and then, like I said, we got unsportsmanlike pot, unsportsmanlike conduct. And we talk about you know, what I'm saying all the different sports, right? This football, basketball, baseball, tiger, whatever, whatever it may be. Like we talk about everything on there. Then we got rule reviews. Now that is what we talk about, uh, like we do like movie, movie reviews. So we'll talk about Black Panther. We'll talk about the Avengers. We'll talk about, uh, just, you know, everything within that, you know, say all different types of movies. And then we got games on crack. Mm. Now we talk about, you know, all the different type of video games and, you know, what's, what's our reviews on that. And, and you know, saying whether this is dope or not, you know, saying so we talk about we we definitely talk about that for real. So we 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 doing our thing right now, man. We we on the rise, um, starting starting to pick up a lot of steam, and so yeah. Oh man, that's that's pretty dope, man. Yeah, I, I see you guys doing some uh, outings here and there on Instagram. So <clears throat> y'all doing yeah. a very good job of getting the word out about the podcast. Uh, on that yeah. that video game podcast, do y'all talk about esports? Yeah, we talk about everything. Okay, on there, like everything, all bases is covered. You know, because I'm, it's like I knew of esports, but just had no idea like how big the thing actually was until the like Rick Fox thing came up about him selling his portion of the team. I was like, damn, that team's worth that right. much, like a video game yeah. team. I was like, damn. <clears throat> but you know, it's that's a thriving uh, industry. But yeah, right, man. right, it is. Definitely, uh, I'm going to be supporting the forecast podcast network and get that mouthful out one more time. Uh, <laughs> the forecast podcast, yeah, just the for the forecast podcast. You know, so you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, 
Uh, we literally everywhere. You can listen to us on Spotify, Sound, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, The Anchor. Uh, you can catch us Google Podcast. You can catch us everywhere. Okay. Now, how did you get pulled in? To the project. Oh, uh, basically, man, my, my frat brother, um, um, both of my frat brothers, uh, three of them actually. So actually, uh, the forecast was just, you know, just the podcast where they just covered the culture. And along with, uh, Nelly Nell, shout out to Nelly Nell, um, my purse. She, um, she's on there as well. So basically it was just, you know, my boy Miles, um, Slaps, Charnel, and Pratt, shout out to Crack. In uh, Q, mm. shout out to Q as well. So it was just those five that was doing the forecast podcast, and um, you know, Miles had always reached, had always said like, "Hey, I want to do the sports thing." Like, you know, what I'm saying, I really want to do the sports thing. Like, you know, what I'm saying, get you on where you can talk about it, talk about sports all the time. Cause, you know, we got like group chats and stuff like that. So we always talking trash about sports and stuff like that. So. You know, I guess, you know, as time went along, you know, like we had like a meeting and stuff like that. And it just turned into like a network to where like, hey, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about movies. You know, we're going to have a show for that. We're going to talk about, you know, the culture. We're going to talk about sports. And we're going to talk about video games since you're in the video games a lot. And there's a lot of people out there that's in the video games for real. Yeah. So, like, for real. So, yeah, um, yeah, man. It just turned in, it turned into you know it turned into like a network and um, like I said, man, we've been learning and growing and you know we've been grinding every day to get this thing as big as possible for sure. Like this, this is something that we that we really you know really love to do. Man, that's what's up, man. I'm I'm picking up the pieces on my shout podcast. out to my boys too, man. Uh, shout out to, to uh, J Mo, man. Shout out to uh, Justin. Shout out to Ari. Um, the whole crew, man. Um, socks, everybody, shout out all y'all. Most definitely, should, big should. <laughs> so like you about to get an award, man. All them shout outs. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what's up, man. Y'all keep up the good work over there, man. Uh, so yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'm. I, I know I'm. I'm gonna make a couple strides here coming up soon to kind of pivot on my podcasting. But you guys are gonna have mm-hmm. to wait and see what's coming with that. Um, now toward the end of the podcast, I. I do want to go over some of the people that you've crossed over your life because I'm, I'm sure people hear that you uh, play for Michigan state, you know, had a cup of coffee in the NFL and probably just mm-hmm. don't know your past is probably a little bit more interesting than they would know at the surface. Uh, so I want to give people a little bit of shine on that toward the end of the podcast. Uh, but for now, man, you know, I want to talk a little NBA, man, because there's been a lot okay. of things I've been wanting to get off my chest. Uh, and, oh, now I remember what I was going to say real quick. I, now, I, I remember because when you uh, said that he was trying to do a sports thing and pulled you in, I was like, I, I ain't going to mm-hmm. lie. I was like a little bit in my feelings, but it's kind of <laughs> my fault because I literally had the same intuition when it came to you i think i forgot what i came up there for and now we was just sitting there watching the game and i was like cuz you need to come just do a podcast with me and i kind of felt like you would be a good fit for somebody on a sports podcast and i kind of wanted to run with you 
to do something like that, but I just didn't corner you in into doing it. So, right, right. You know, I'm sure your partner made sure he was in your face. It just happened. No, I understand, man. That's why I'm not taking it too personal because if I wanted it that bad, I should have made sure that it was a priority that you knew. But <clears throat> that's just a lesson learned that I just want everybody else to take from that. It's like if you really trying to get somebody for something, you're gonna have to bother their phone line as many times as possible until you get what you need. So <clears throat> all right. Now let's talk NBA. Cause like I said, I had some things that I had to get off my chest. Um mm-hmm. now I guess we could go series by series. I kind of got one question I want to engage with you, and we can kind of just see where it goes. Uh, okay. I guess we can talk about a series that was on last night, uh, which was the okay. Denver and Portland series was late game. Uh, and yeah. Now, I'm fully on the Dame train. I would love to see right. him go all the way to the finals. Uh but it doesn't happen. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen. <laughs> they might not make it past Denver. So I, the, yeah. the question is, how much more help does Dame need to get to that next step? <clears throat> well, I think when Dame, I don't know if you remember or not, but when he had that interview, I think it was on the sit down with Chris Haynes, and he was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not into you know linking up or you know quote-unquote, I believe it was like chasing rings or something like that. And I was thinking that whole time, like, you know, like, hey, like, don't think just you and CJ gonna get this done. Like, because y'all probably not. <laughs> like, the way the NBA is set up right now, like, you and CJ, like, don't get me wrong, y'all a great duo. Y'all, you know, top three backcourt in the league, but it's not gonna happen. Y'all, you either gonna get, you gonna either have to bring somebody in. I'm gonna tell you what they missing. If if Portland had if Portland had KD, what would be they would win the ring, right? I kind of feel like that too. I was thinking, <laughs> see, me in my head, I'm thinking more likely scenarios. I'm like, man, what if they had Kawhi? Exactly. Oh no, I was about to go there next. Even if they get Kawhi, they get Kawhi, they get to the finals probably. Now this is if KD's if KD, let's just say KD's not in Golden State no more. And then say like Portland gets Kawhi. Well, for me, you can put Portland. You can book them in a championship. Yeah, I'm not gonna say they're gonna win it because depending on where KD and Kyrie go, you know, that depends on a lot. But hey, you can you can they missing a piece, man, for sure. Like don't get me wrong, like Nurkic is good and uh, you know Canner is good and stuff like that. But they need they missing a piece. They missing a piece, and it showed last night. Like, yeah. You know, Dame, Dame and CJ, you know, they're going to they gonna get their shots up. Uh, they either going to, you know, not struggle or the games where they where they struggle at, they don't have a third option that can go get them 35. And that's the thing with Steph and Clay. When it's big games, when it's money time and they struggling, so they got KD to lean on. Right. He going to bail them out every time. <clears throat> yeah, he going to bail them out every time. He can't stop you. And I, I think that it's under-discussed that the fact that Dame and CJ McCollum being the catalyst for the offense and them having a lack of length, you know, and that that actually does something to your offense. You know, when I can't run a bigger guy, I can run an Iguodala at Dame. You know, that's going to make things real difficult. 
You know, even KD. Very difficult. You put a KD on them. Like what? That's that's a very difficult matchup for Dame or CJ McCollum, and you need somebody who can counteract these teams with these lengthy six, seven, six, eight guys all over the court. Right. And that is a big glaring hole in their uh, in their system. So I I would really they need a third option. I I would love them to have a third option. Like I feel like if they had like Siakam, they might be okay. And yeah, they might be okay. But the thing also, man, when Dame said that, also I was thinking like you know, Dame's not a legacy player. What I mean by that, you know, what I'm saying you only got so many players that come to the league and like, hey, he's a legacy player. He has to win rings or otherwise, you, you know, like his career was pretty much, quote unquote, I won't say a failure, but the shit, like, hey, he didn't win any rings, so we're going to judge him at the highest standard. Mm. So KD had to leave to go get rings because mm. he's a legacy player. He's a, he's a top 10 player of all time. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like KD's going to end up being a top 10 player of all time. LeBron had to leave to go win those rings. He had to team up with Bosh and Wade. He had to to win those rings to certify his his place as A. I'm one of the top 10, the top five greatest players of all time. And, you know, Dames, Dames, don't get me wrong. He's a star. He's, you know what I'm saying? He's a star in the NBA, but he's not a legacy player. We don't care if he win rings or not. You know what I mean? Like, we don't, we don't care if he win rings. We just don't. And one thing that plays a factor is, you know, the way that you come up and, you know, him coming from Weaver State, um, Mm-hmm. Being a little bit more overlooked, he did not have those same expectations that a LeBron exactly. or Kevin Durant had when they entered the league. Uh, and I, I fully understand where you're coming from. The thing that uh, I would like to explore is if Dame on the inside really does feel like he needs to win that championship, or is he just content with just being a contender? Uh, because just based on those comments, it almost sounds like he's just content with being a contender and making the best of it that he can. But right. I think there is room for him to create a legacy if he was to get into a championship and, you know, win a ring. So, right. and I, and I do think that it is almost like bad timing. Because we're at a point in the league where there are so many great point guards that, you know, just making third team NBA as a point guard is a struggle. Even when you're somebody as talented as Damian Lillard. It's exactly. It is a struggle. Right. So it's, it's a really difficult position that Dame is in right now as far as legacy, uh, just because his position is just flooded with so much like all time talent at once. So yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I I had high hopes. Hoping to see them in the Western Conference Finals. But I think they may they may get there, man. You just you, you never know, man. But that and game they, last night did up. not make me feel good about that. <clears throat> oh yeah, I feel you, definitely. Not at and, all. You know. Denver is a good team. Like, like Paul they Mills really are a good like team. A monster. Like, I don't know what Paul Millsap been been drinking. 
You know, I don't know if he just got that. Oh, that, he bought. That uh, pH balanced water that Kawhi be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he found a fountain of youth in the bottle, and he, he was bringing it. And and Chuck really yeah. hit on him. He was really out there playing grown man ball against a bunch of finesse guys. And they ain't really had right. nothing for it. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. that Millsap move, man, was that was major. You yeah. know what I'm saying? To get for them for real. It was, and it, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, damn, what if Paul Millsap was on Portland? You would have that length that you kind of need yeah, right now that. in the that playoffs. Yeah. I think facts. I it think the Paul facts. Millsap signing now, looking at it in this series, is more valuable than first thought of. I'm just put that yeah. out there and end on that note. Now, we were talking about Kawhi uh, as far yeah. as him, you know, where he could be next. Now, he's imposing his will in this series right now. Uh, you know, they, they, Philly, I can't say they don't have anything for him, but I'm still trying to figure out. They got out. nothing for him. Because <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like they have, Something that you would think would make things difficult for Kawhi in length with a Jimmy Butler, with a Ben Simmons, you know, and you can yeah. run Joel and beat like you would think that that would be something that would hold somebody like Kawhi back. So is right. is it me or is like Kawhi really like solidify himself as a top five player? Yeah, he's been. I think he's been solidified. He's been as solidified. A player. I just didn't think that his shooting ability would would pick up this fast. Now it's to the point like, hey, he gets to his spot, it's damn near good. Yeah, like he automatic. <laughs> it ain't, yeah, it's like, hey, he automatic. <laughs> it ain't nothing that you know. what I'm saying we can do tonight, especially when he on. So he gets to his spots, man. He picking his spots and he he torturing them, man. And, and Philly was always doing for this series for me. You know, what I'm saying even if they end up winning, you know, what I'm saying which is unlikely. Shit, I don't know what's the percentage on that. Unlikely, it's very unlikely. Even if they end up winning, man, they just lose. Uh, their success, people like to say, like, hey, their success relies on uh, you know Embiid doing good or that. It doesn't. It's always going to be about Ben Simmons' jump shot until he gets a jump shot. The Philadelphia is they're done. You basically playing four on five. Mm. Basically, you basically playing four on five. They, the teams, all of the teams, say, "Listen, we just gonna let you shoot. We think that you're a fucking bum offensively." Basically, yo, I'm super disrespectful, but not not really. Bill Simmons said that Ben Simmons is almost like Ben Wallace. Now that's disrespectful. <laughs> but he was talking about the yeah, way that the that the teams roll the coverage away from him and just basically dare him to do anything offensively. Yeah, that, it's it's really ridiculous. Like watching a game, it's like, bro, what what are you doing in the summertime? Why are you not working on your game? Hey man, he was. But gym why are you not in the gym working on your game? That is this is crazy. <sighs> I've heard a couple different things. I've heard that he had a pretty good 
shooting motion before, but then he got a shooting coach and basically, you know, messed up his form and he hasn't really gotten back right since. Uh, I've heard Jalen said that he actually shoots with the wrong hand. He should probably mm. just try to shoot with the right hand. Uh, and, you know, even hearing people saying that even in practice, he's pretty good with the jump shot. It just doesn't translate into the game. So there's. He's scared to take those shots. What's his confidence? Well, he need to go see Kobe. He no confidence. He, he man, needs... Kobe can. I don't even know if Kobe can help him. <laughs> no. I just don't know, man. Because Kobe takes all the shots. He don't care. Kobe, Kobe going to tell right. you, you, it doesn't matter. You just got to shoot. Just shoot. Yeah, he just he he need to just he need to at least just attempt a shot. Like if he's not like three feet by the basket, he probably won't take the shot. This I just be watching crazy. like man, this this is crazy that you know what I'm saying you can really be in the like like for example Rondo. At least Rondo is going to attempt to shoot. He's going to try to shoot it. Yes, even if it doesn't he gonna go in, he's going to make you respect yeah, the fact that he's going to shoot it. Facts. Yeah, Simmons, he just don't. He just say fuck it. He he not with it. Uh, would you sell high on Ben Simmons? Would you trade him for, you know, a decent package? You know, I heard somebody saying you um, could probably maybe package him up for like Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, they probably, they're not doing that. No they, team. Well, they're not going to do it, but that was like the the proposed trade. It's like, would you move Ben Simmons if you could get another All Star back? Yeah, I would. Depending on who we give, you tell me if we get if we getting Kemba Walker or Ben Simmons, I'm making that trade. Mm. Period. Like I'm, I'll make that for you know what I'm saying for for, for Kemba Walker. All right, I'm I'm gonna move. I know, I'm gonna move the line on Go you ahead. a little bit. All right, what about Aaron Gordon? Nope, I don't want Aaron Gordon. Okay, I got Tobias Harris there already. This is true. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of another good one that would make it tough. What about Siakam? Nope. I wouldn't do it for Siakam. You wouldn't do it for Siakam? Well, at the end of the day, Ben Simmons, don't get me wrong. Man, he's a good, he's a great, he's a great defender. He is about 6'9 out there. He's a great defender. Yes. He rebounds and he can assist really well and can feel for really well. And he's great in transition. Like Jerry Dudley says, he's great in transition, but he's average in the front. Like, he's below average in the, in the half court. Like, right. that's just what it is. So, I think, like, whoever, like, again, if you're not trading for, like, Kimball Walker, somebody that's going to give me the 20 to 25 and 8 assists, then there's no reason to trade him. But you got to trade him, though, for somebody that's, that's, that's you know, legit. Okay, so you're saying if you trade Ben Simmons, you basically need a type of player to get back. You need somebody that can distribute and get buckets. Facts. Yeah, I need somebody okay. that can distribute and get buckets because Jimmy Butler's not going to assist. Tobias Harris not going to assist. And B's not. JJ Reddick's not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I can understand that. Now, when you say that yeah. out loud and you put it with their lineup, that definitely makes a little bit more sense. You're going to want somebody who has that same ability to facilitate that Ben Simmons has, but you need them also to be able to put a shot up. Any shot. Exactly. Because 
Your defense is playing four and five. That's no good for nobody. All right, let's uh let's wrap on that series. I'm I'm gonna transition to. I guess we're talking about Milwaukee and Boston. Like, I I can't figure right. this out. Like, I'm still up in the air. Like, I know what Boston was this season, but for whatever reason, it's still in my head that they have all these nice players. And they should be giving uh, Milwaukee more fits than they actually do. But then I look back and I say, well, maybe there is something to Giannis being unstoppable and them just playing like, uh, you know, the 2009 Magic, basically. You know, where it's like uh, one on inside, four on the out, and they're shooting a bunch of threes. Like I was totally taken aback when they said somebody told me that Milwaukee is leading the league in in three attempts. Just was yeah, not paying attention. They do, like you just said, you just said it. It's, it's really like the old nine magic. <clears throat> they can dump the ball down to to Giannis. He's like a Dwight Howard type, whatever. And then, hey, I can you on the double him? Okay, I can just kick it out the middle. I can kick it out the snail. I kick out the butt, though. I can kick it out the wood. You know what I'm saying? They're going to shoot the three. <laughs> no matter if these are, like, respected or Ilya Sova or, or uh, Brooke Lopez or whoever it may be. You got shooters out there, so you got to respect them. Yeah, that, that that Brooke Lopez pickup was a little underrated at the time. I I see he is he is much more valuable than his contract says for this setup. Uh, oh, def- definitely. Now, do definitely. You, do you think that this can work? Will this carry them all the way to the finals? They might get there. Um, if they got to face Toronto, though, I think Toronto gets there because now you're putting, you know what I'm saying, top five defensive wing player of all time on on Giannis. So now it's going to be way more difficult. You know, Giannis not going to have them two-step have big games dunks. like that, I don't think. <laughs> Just stepping through the whole lane. Yeah, he's not oh, gonna be God. able to do all that. He's not gonna do that on Kawhi. You know no. what I mean? Like that's not gonna happen. That does sound like so, an epic yeah. matchup, though. Just saying it out loud, hearing that Giannis versus Kawhi in the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm get you know a good six, seven games out that. I'm I'm here for that. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, definitely. Now that you said that, I think well, I have found my rooting interest in the East. I'm going for Milwaukee and Toronto. I've made up my mind. Yeah, that's that. I hope that's the, the Western, I mean, Eastern House Finals for sure. Uh, now, do you think what Milwaukee is doing is more Kawhi becoming, I guess, a more well-rounded player? Or did Coach Bud really just come in there? Yeah, Giannis. Uh, mm-hmm. Or did Coach Bud just come in there and basically show them the way? Uh, I think Milwaukee got smart and put shooters around Giannis because they know that Giannis lacks shooting. So, they said, hey, we can give you the ball. You can operate in the lane. Anybody doubles, we can kick it out to one of our shooters. We can kick it out to a George Hill or whoever. So, um, I think they got real smart in that aspect. Did they upgrade in coaching? Yes, they did, of course. Um, I think that Coach Bud is a, he's a great coach. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, 
he showed that hey, I can you know I can build a team and I can you know send coach a team and get them get them to where they to where they number one seed in the in the in the entire league. I can do that. So um, I just think, man, Giannis. Don't get me wrong; like he's still growing in this game. I know some people like to say, like, hey, is he the great best player in the league? Or he, maybe no, he's not. Um, I think he's a top five player, but uh, he's rounding out his game pretty well. But the smart, the smartest thing they did was surround Giannis with those shooters, though. They had to. Yeah. Like, they had to. It, it, it was expanding his game as well. Right. As a facilitator, and the <clears throat> the reason I asked you about Coach Bud is really just to to open up about my personal experience with Coach Bud. And as you know, this podcast comes straight out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I had an right. up-close seat at what he was doing with the Hawks. And I'm not going to lie, it was very impressive. I thought that they had some good talent, but I didn't think it was enough talent to win 60 games. Now, say what you want about the schedule, about the East, this, that, and the other. You still had to do it. You still had to go out there night in and night out. And win sixty games with Al Horford, Paul Millsap, uh, Jeff Teague. You know, like these, like they made the All Star team, but these aren't perennial All Stars. You know, exactly. He, he literally maximized the talent uh, at one of the more impressive rates that I've seen. You know, probably next to Brad Stevens in those early Boston days when they were just winning a bunch of right. games for no reason. And you like who the fuck is on this team? Why why are y'all winning these games like this? Um, right, yeah. But I I I am impressed with that. So you know, I give him a little shout out for that. He's he's actually been doing what he's advertised to do. Unlike some of these other right. coaches out here that's just getting these checks. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, and we can kind of touch on another coaching hire that the Lakers just did. I'm I don't know about that one. Is that official yet? It it looks like it's official. It's gonna be official. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while we talk about the last series, which is the main event, uh, the Houston Rockets versus Golden State Warriors, the one that we basically been waiting on all year. It came a little premature, Mm -hmm. but that was the Rockets' fault. They didn't take care of their business. So, but right, I think it was a blessing in disguise because you got healthy Chris Paul right now. And it's right. definitely making a difference. Looking at right. the Rockets going against Golden State in a series with Chris Paul is mm-hmm. marginally different, not only in the intensity that Chris Paul brings, uh, but just the overall uh, presence that he has on the defensive end and some of the challenges that he helps them overcome. Because I see him all the time. Like, they're putting him on Kevin Durant. I'm like, why? <clears throat> but I get it. You know, whatever their defensive scheme is, trying to give James Harden a break, uh, you know, you have to do what you have to do. But he's bringing as much as he can. And when the Rockets look pretty much dead, they're right back in it. <clears throat> you know, I right. my – Initially, going into game three, I was a little sad. I don't know how you were feeling, but I really wanted this one to go seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once they got back to Houston, all of 
the role players start playing with a little bit more energy as it is a custom at home. And we really got right. a series on our hands. Now, this yeah. is one thing that I have a problem with with this series because I have been waiting for it all year. And so is the rest of uh, the collective NBA audience. Is this really that good to watch with all these three pointers and a so much, you know, depth of talent? But we don't see a, a lot of the athleticism displayed. We don't see a lot of in traffic dunks, you know, a little bit more post play and things like that. We're the whole game is threes and free throws. And um. it's 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 wearing down on me a little bit just because I right. I like dunks. I just I just right. do. Like that's what got me excited about the NBA as a kid. And I know, with the Shaq jerseys, I already not know. You you remember, <laughs> dog. Like I was all about it. Oh yeah. I'm 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 about that, yeah. that that uh that physical play, man. So you right. as a consumer as well, like how do you feel when you watch a game where it's nothing but nonstop threes quarter after quarter and a bunch of complaining to the referees about calls. Well, I want to say thank God for Kevin Durant because at yes. least he's the one player in this game today <laughs> that cherishes the mid range. Like faithfully, you know what I mean? Um, I know I'm, you know, I, I'll say I hate watching James Harden play. Like I, I hate like it's like a disgrace to the game to me because he's getting away with oh, all wow. these picky tat foul calls that's really not fouls like like yeah. that like I, I I can't stand to watch him play for real. Um, I guess I'm okay with the you know shooting threes, man, because you know it's just a part of the game now. Like you know, since the game is so soft, so we can just we just gotta accept. That's the game how it is. Like you can't touch nobody. Uh, every every you know little argument is a tag. Uh, it's just a lot of a lot of rules, man. That I think that the NBA needs to um, need to change, man. They need to go back to the hand check. They need to make the game really way more physical than what it is. The game not even physical. They need to make it back. That's really how it was. Like, so you- I can't I can't I can't stand to watch. I used to like shooting. 53s, Harden going four for sixteen from fucking three. Like, come on, bro, sixteen threes by one player. Like, it's just really, it's just ridiculous. Steph going four for fourteen. Don't get me wrong, Steph the greatest shooter of all time. So I understand why he gonna shoot. But Harden shooting all those threes, man, and Houston just putting up fifty three. Like you said, the shit just really irritating. It is irritating. Mm-hmm. It's really irritating. And it's for me, like. I like what James Harden is capable of. Yeah. Because he has the handles, that stop and go. Like basically, mm-hmm. I almost compare him to like Le'Veon Bell because that's a good comparison. He has that speed. He can take his own spots and go where he want to go. Yeah, exactly. You know, and <clears throat> it almost seems like he's like freaking slowing time down. And, and coming back to full speed. People that don't speed. know, I had to I had to block the Le'Veon Bell at Michigan State. So trust me, I know when I say like, "Hey, I don't know where Le'Veon going, but hey, we gotta just make sure wherever we <laughs> do what at, you're supposed to do. Yeah, we gotta block. We don't know where he's gonna go." <laughs> Showed up, man. That 
I gotta ask you about that. But yes, man, he mm-hmm. it is uncanny of his what his abilities are. And so right. when I don't get to see that that often, especially when the fact that they're playing so much ISO ball, you know, yeah. I would take the ISO ball if he was giving me more moves. That, <laughs> Harden got really, he got no mid-range game. He's exempt. It's either, hey, I'm shooting a three or it's a layup. This shit's irritating. It is. It, it's very irritating. And it it makes me just, just a, a little bit sad because I've been playing pickup basketball. I went to the YMCA with, with my sons. Uh, we was out there shooting. You know, I got in some pickup games with some, with some youngsters. You know, I had to guard a three-point line Not the whole time. To- that's all I had to do. That's all they want to do. That's it. They jack up a bunch of threes. But you know what I did, though? Because, hey, I ain't going to lie, man. They are shooting a bunch of threes, but they can shoot. So I couldn't give right. them no space. But they could not handle me in the post. That was about all I had for them. Back them down, <laughs> and they ain't got nothing for me. Yeah. But I'm going to raise my son right. He He's going to get a little bit more of a complete game if I have anything to say about it. I keep trying to get him to go, come off the three-point line, but he wants to shoot like <laughs> Steph. I'm like, you get, get the form right. Let's get – come come close to yeah, the basket. Yeah, get the form right. Exactly. And we're going to work on this. <sighs> and that's another story for another day. We're, I might have to <laughs> – might have to have a parent corner like Bill Simmons where I can talk about some of this stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, that the Houston side of the equation just varies so much that you basically just hoping that the math works out for them and right. that they just make their shots. Otherwise, there isn't like a secondary strategy that I can see that's like, well, if that's not working, then we gonna go to pick and roll and, you know, do some double high screens. Like I don't see any of that. And it's it's disturbing because I want them to take Golden State out. Just because I want to see something different. But I don't think it's gonna happen. Unfortunately it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I don't see it happening at all. Because they're they are so one dimensional and I just can't figure out why somebody like Dan Tony would just keep doing the same thing. But you know, I don't get paid to coach basketball, so I'm just gonna let him have it. Yeah. Yeah, man, if it was just now if this this was just Steph and Clay in this series, the series would have been over. Yeah, I I think but Houston could have done something. You got K D in this series, so you know, things will look different. Now, who did you pick to be in the finals? I think it's gonna be Toronto and um, it's gonna be it's gonna be Toronto and Golden State. Mm. Toronto and Golden State. I think uh, I think Golden State is gonna win that series probably in five. They get through with them quickly. The only reason I say that is because Kyle Lowry is not gonna be able to match what Steph doing. Yeah, I think Steph will probably get his. Steph might get his first Finals MVP. Maybe. Now that's just KD like, hey, don't decide like, hey, I'm on a vengeance and I'm about to show Kawhi like, listen, you can't, you, you listen, you may be good, but you know, I'm a little different. Yeah, 
that it is a little little bit much, and I'm just thinking about Lowry on the big stage, and oof. No, I just don't want him to yeah. become smaller than he already is. You know, I would just hate to him to get in the finals and just be averaging like six points a game. That would not do him kindly at all for his legacy. Oh, no. Like, ah, yeah. I, I hope he can get it together. Whatever's got, whatever he got going on. I hope by the time they get to the finals, uh, if they make it, he gets that together. Uh, yeah, definitely. Side note. Tyron Lue is not official as the head coach of the Lakers, but it's, yeah, that means it probably happen next week. Yeah, and talking about getting Thibodeau on as an assistant coach, huh. I ain't even know Thibodeau. Thibodeau, man. I understand you want to get the defensive strategy guy, but I, I'm not sure if he's good being an underboss. You know, is he ready to go back to that role? I, that would be a little interesting yeah. to me. Uh, with that matchup, but with, I don't even. I guess we could just talk about that real quick and just speculate, and uh, then we can get up out of here. Uh, okay. I don't know. What do you think about Tyron Lue coaching the Lakers with LeBron? Like, is this just another case of LeBron getting who he wants so he can basically be the coach of the team, or is this a a legit Lakers doing the Lakers thing, or are they really trying to? get the best coach available. I think he's trying to get the best coach available. Um I think Lou just may be that. He probably is the best coach available. But his team just for the simple fact, hey, he's Coach Brown, he know what it takes. Um you know, I think I think this it's just an overall great it's a, it's a, it's a great get. I think it's a great get. It's not a bad get at all. I know some people don't like it, but hey some people they say, "Oh, it's just LeBron's guy," and whatever. Like any coach that's coming there is going to be LeBron's guy. Period. <laughs> so that's a fact, and that don't matter. Yeah, anybody that coming there is going to be LeBron guy anyway. No, the best player. You know what I'm saying? He's gonna get. He gonna. You know, hey, everything is gonna always go through LeBron anyway. So, um, I don't think it's a bad uh a bad get if they get him for sure. So I don't. I don't think that at all. My only concern is the rest of the locker room and whether or not them feeling uh, secure about their relationship that they have with Tyron Lue when it comes to issues with LeBron. You know, are you going Uh, to just take LeBron's side on things every time? You know, I'm I'm curious. I say this: it's it's time for them for them kids to grow up. Now they grown. Okay, so you saying the young boys need to get it together and uh and get used to playing yeah. with LeBron? Yeah, they just time to grow up now. All that, hey, we no, no, no. Y'all, y'all, y'all first round. You know what I'm saying? Y'all first round. All right, thank you guys for sticking around through the end of this podcast. Once again, we are back with the Anthony Arnett from the Forecast Podcast Network. I'm gonna just say it again, just because I like 
putting all those syllables <laughs> together. Uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. And of course, Idle Worldwide, you know, get you a shirt and hats coming soon. So, uh, yes, before we get up out of here, man, I promised the people that we would talk a little bit about your past because you've just come in mm-hmm. contact with a lot of uh, notable figures throughout your years. Uh, now, I have a right. few that I want to ask you about personally, uh, but before I do, let me ask you, is there anybody in particular that you have come across that, you know, people know and, you know, you just had like a real memorable experience with? Uh, man, a lot of people, I met a lot of people so like young, you know what I'm saying? That's shit like my peers. So it's kind of hard for me to say like, hey, this person left like a, you know, memorable um, I will say, you know what? I'll say one person. Uh, Charlie Baggett. People don't know him or not, man, but he's the guy that recruited me to go to University of Tennessee. Um, him coaching my favorite player of all time, football player of all time, and uh, Randy Moss. Mm. Uh, yeah, he coached him with the Vikings, man. Uh, rookie year when you know when Moss exploded on the scene, he was his actually his position coach. So Charlie Baggett, man. Uh, I'll say that's probably the one guy I say like for sure that you know like damn that's like you know what I'm saying like a like a like a good impression on me for sure man definitely I'll say I'll say CB for sure. Okay, now was there anything in particular that he you know brought to you or something that you took away from him uh, that made uh, your interaction understanding the game more. My bad, cutting you off. Under, understanding the game more, you know, saying the game of football. Uh, what it takes to get to the next level, the preparation, the studying. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He helped me a lot with that, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I needed that a lot because I didn't do, like, you know what I'm saying? My studying, you know, all through high school was, yeah, let me just put on some YouTube, you know, and look up, you know, different, uh, you know, receivers in the game that's, that's really, you know what I'm saying, doing it. Really, like, no, you need to, you need to study game film. Mm. You really need to study that. Instead of just watching, you know what I'm saying, Ocho Cinco's uh, footwork mixtapes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. it's really like you got you to gotta really study this game. Like, understand these quarterbacks. Hey, you see in the league, they're going to put the ball. As soon as you come out that break, first step, hey, it's coming right there. You got to be ready for that. Uh, so, yeah, say so he helped me a lot. And then just uh, just a lot of stuff, man, with, you know, outside of my family, you know what I'm saying? Helped me, of course, like my older brothers and stuff like that. Just... Just life, man, on his, in his own, for real. Just, you know. Okay. Helping you become, helping you become better. Now, was there anybody that you met that gave you a little, I was like, a little starstruck or even just like, wow, I can't believe I'm in the same room with this person? Uh, I won't say starstruck, man, but I remember like one time I was in, uh, I was, you know, rookie minicamp, man, and Sherm, uh, Richard Sherman was just, in the building, I think he had just got done working out or something like that. And uh, I just said, well, no, I was like, what's good, man? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we just kicked me for a minute. I was like, yeah, you know, I ain't, I ain't know if Sarah was that cool or not. <laughs> right. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, people forget, like, bro, he's a regular dude from L.A., you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, for real. You know what I'm saying? Right. So <clears throat> that's what's up, man. I, I, I admire what Richard Sherman does uh, on and off the field. He 
He seems oh, like a very bro. well-read dude. And, uh, you know, shout out to him, man. I'm not going to get into definitely. some of the other stuff you do, but uh, definitely fool with him. Now, let me get to my mm-hmm. list since I gave you that. Um, I guess we could go back to... I guess I want to go back to like when you first got into college at Tennessee. Um, Lane Kiffin was the head coach when you got recruited there. And obviously he left for green pastures not too long after that. Uh, Now he has a reputation for being a character. Uh, What was it like with your interactions with coach Kiffin? Uh, Kiffin's cool, man. My first time meeting Kiff was, uh, which is crazy, man. I was a sophomore going into my junior year, I believe. Uh, I think this is like maybe like the first time I had traveled to go really to like a big camp like that. And um, at the time, like I was on the radar, but people didn't really know me like that. And uh, Jarvis Landry was there. And, um, you know, at camps and stuff, you know what I'm saying? They kind of separate groups and put you on one side. Like, one side's really not the elite group, but the other side is the elite group. Right. And so I had to get, you know what I'm saying? Nobody knew me or anything like that. And I had got split up, and I was on the side that really wasn't, you know what I'm saying, the elite group like that. And I was killing them cats. And Lane was like, oh, who is that kid? Like, you know what I'm saying? He had somebody, like, somebody came up to ask me my name. Now, mind, I think I had went to I had went to a Michigan camp like right before that, okay. and um, I had got like my first offer and stuff. Like it's my sophomore year, I had got like my first like big offer from uh, Michigan, and um, kids was I mean I guess he was like uh, damn he's a uh, it was like my he's like really really good like you know what I'm saying he's on the radio radar probably like one of the, you know top receivers in the country you know what I'm saying like a lot of uh like media is like really like you know pushing it like they just got done seeing that kid live you know in action up at in Michigan in Ann Arbor so Jarvis you know what I'm saying was there at the time I want to say like he was like the number one or number two uh receiver in the country at the time and uh so Lane was like let's get him down here to the elite group and so I went down with the elite group and I started killing them and afterwards you know what I'm saying Lane I was like man yeah we gotta we gotta offer this kid <laughs> so yeah <laughs> That's the time I had that happen. He didn't even, he didn't even know who I, who I was at that time when I went down there. Mm. But that's interesting because it's like you can have all the tape you want, but when you see somebody on the field and there's a noticeable difference, that really yeah. does something for people's perception of what you can do. Right. So, <clears throat> man, I'm. I'm glad that he was able to see that and, you know, it helped you get on the radar, man, and, you know, help you get to where you yeah, are. Definitely. So definitely right. uh, that is quite interesting with it. You don't have any uh, interesting anecdotes about him because I know you ain't spent a lot of time with him, you know. Yeah, 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 I didn't spend a lot of time. But Lane, man, was just, you know what I'm saying, real cool. And another thing, man, when he was at USC, I took one of my official visits out there uh, when they played Oregon. So I was able to, you know what I'm saying, go out there for an official visit out to Cali. So man, it was just it was just real dope, man. My interactions with with him, man, was just you know what I'm saying he, he's a cool he's a cool dude for real, man. Real cool dude, and um yeah, man. But that camp in Tennessee, though, really like 
that's what really pushed me to like be like, you know, like top five receiver in the country. So mm. you know I'm saying I'm real thankful for that camp and you know what I'm saying, did some big things there for sure. You know what? And I now that I'm thinking about it, I do remember like reading that story in ESPN Rise. I still have that magazine somewhere uh in my sports yeah. artifacts. But yeah, that that's definitely a dope dope story that you got right there. And uh I don't know, next time we're gonna have to go through that. Uh let's see, who else? Oh Draymond Green. So you were at Michigan State with him at the same time? Yep. Okay. And, of course, if you don't know, Draymond Green is from none other than Saginaw, Michigan. So Facts. this shit is deeper than rap, just to tell you right. that off rip. So, uh, I don't know. You Tell me a little bit about, you know, your, your run-ins with Draymond because y'all already had, yeah. had a relationship prior. So, like, going in in college, it, you know, y'all was doing y'all thing. So... I don't know. Just kind of like yes. um, set that up. Like, how you said, man, same, uh, I grew up in like, around like the same neighborhood, uh, you know, I'm saying on the north side of Saginaw. Um, went to the same, you know, high school. Uh, you know, he, he was, he won like back to back state champ. Yeah, he won back to back state championships, stuff like that. Um, yeah, man. So when I ended up going to, uh, I was at Tennessee, but when I ended up coming to Michigan State, like, you know what I'm saying? They, they, like, really looked out for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me use the whip, you know what I'm saying? And stuff like that if I needed to use the car. And, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, let me, like, roam around campus, you know what I'm saying? Show me where to get shoes from, haircuts, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that and who to deal with up there. So, you know what I'm saying? They, they definitely looked out when I was up there at Michigan State, man. And, uh, okay, so he's like a big man, brother he when he came in. Yeah, yeah, he definitely, yeah, he definitely looked out, man. Like, Spartan Dog, like, we got, like, this, you know what I'm saying, handshaking shit that we do. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's really, you know what I'm saying? It's really like, it's like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's really like, it's a bond, for real. Like, it's really a bond, you know what I'm saying? Like, once you're a part of Michigan State, especially like the basketball, football team, like, it's really, you know what I'm saying? It's really like a bond, for real. Definitely. I can definitely say that. Now, so, they definitely looked out for me when I was up there. Okay. So, how much did y'all hoop against each other while y'all was there? Uh, we didn't do too much hooping against each other because I want to say, Cause when I got there in January, you know what I'm saying, they season had started. Oh, that that is true. So they, they, this, this, yeah, this this same year, so he getting prepared. You know what I'm saying. I think he's a national player of the year, and you know what I'm saying he getting ready for the, you know what I'm saying, league and shit like that. So he ain't had time to like do no, you know what I'm saying, outside hooping or no, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that, like risking that. So it was all about, you know, all about the business for real. Definitely understand that. Now, uh. I'm I'm really trying to get toward people understanding the culture of what sports is to Saginaw, Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, because there isn't as much opportunity as there is in other, you know, metropolitan areas. You know, Saginaw is Thanks. kind of a small town in comparison to to most places. Uh, right. But uh, I don't know. Just like I'm personally, I'm proud of both of you guys. You know, right. you still alive. That's number one. Right. Two, we did not lose you to the system. And, right. and <laughs> three, y'all both made it through school and are well on y'all way to becoming, you know, great young men. You know, 
obviously we, right. we know what Draymond's doing and people are going to get alert to what you're doing as well. So I'm, I'm really right. proud of both of you guys for doing it. Uh, I want to just, I don't know, give the people the sense of like what it means to be basically a sports star from Saginaw, Michigan on any level. Yeah, man. Cause, okay. I'll say this. The last all American that we've had come through Saginaw and not saying Mr. Bragg or both, but shit has been me. That was 2011. It's 2019. Mm. So that just lets you know how hard it is to, you know, really like, you know what I'm saying? Get, get out of Saginaw as far as, you know what I'm saying? Make it big time on that level. I'm the last, you know what I'm saying? I was the last big, big catch that came out of Saginaw. I can say that football wise, uh, basketball, I can't, well, basketball, we had, uh, you know, we have, uh, Brian Bone. He went, he was a five star recruit, went to, um, University of Louisville. And then we had Eric Davis, who was also like a four star recruit. He went to University of Texas. But on the, on the football scene, like, that was the last, I was the last one. The last one. I mean, that was that was 2011. So, uh, people definitely, man, respect the you know, hey, respect the you know, what I'm saying the grind and the and the, the the dedication and stuff like that, man, to make it to make it out of Saginaw because it's hard. You know, what I'm saying it's not like Detroit where you got thousands of kids. You know, what I'm saying they got a thousand examples. Right. These kids in Detroit. You know what I'm saying they see it every year. Every year they seeing a kid from Detroit. You know, what I'm saying making it making it to the to the league in Saginaw. You know, what I'm saying we don't got that. So, you know what I'm saying? Who's going to be the, who's going to be the next one? But shit, I was the last and that was, you know, that was eight years ago. Time moved, you know what I'm saying? Time moved fast. Like when I think about it, when I said that to myself, I'd be like, damn, you know what I'm saying? I was the last all American that really, that came through Saginaw. And that was eight years ago. Yeah. That, so, that's just crazy to me. Like, you know. That is. And I think, you know, people just might not be up on game, but basically prior to, to you, it was almost like a tradition that, you yeah. know, every other year got an all American, somebody walking into the league in the NFL. It was a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a thing. Shout out, to, shout out to Lamar Woodley, of course. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Wood, man. I just talked to Wood. Shout out to Wood, man. Charles Rogers and just, uh, you know what I'm saying? Clifton Ryan and just, you know what I'm saying? All the, all the great players that's, that's, that's came through for real, man. And really set the, really set the standard for real. Yeah, man. And, you know, I, cause I didn't live there my whole life, but I, I spent a good bit of my childhood in Saginaw. And mm-hmm. me and you both know it was, you had to work on your sports early on because we didn't see a lot of options out there. And but, yeah. it is, it's a really competitive environment, uh, sports wise. Just from, I mean, dog. I, well, do they still got the Gus Smackers out there? You said they got what again? The Gus Smacker. I hope they don't got the the, the Gus Smacker. Nope. Okay. Which is crazy. Don't worry though, because we. I'm trying. I'm trying to get that back. You trying to bring the Gus Smacker? Trying to get back. that back. <laughs> Let me find out. Yeah, you yeah, bring I'm that trying back, to get man. that back. But uh, yeah, man. But basically, what I what I'm getting at is. You know, there was so much competition. You know, Saginaw had enough to just have its own uh, competitions right then and there. 
You know, right. didn't, didn't need a whole lot of people traveling in. It was, you know, Saginaw, then Flint, of course, because that's like the, the right. sister city. But, yeah, man, we, we just supplied a lot of, of great talent and cultivated it. But it just, you know, a lot of victims fall from Saginaw. They're like, that's what it, that's the cause of them not being what they were supposed to become. It's Saginaw. So, man, I'm, yeah. I wanted to take just a little bit of a break to just highlight both of y'all in that. Uh, since. Oh yeah, man. Appreciate that. Shout out to Daddy, man. These boys got to win tonight. Let's go. We're gonna see about it. Uh, they probably gonna get it because they back at the crib. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, earlier in the podcast, you said you had a to block for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Now, that dude seems to be a little bit more interesting than the average football player. Now. <laughs> if I was to tell you before that he would probably set out a whole season and lose out all these checks because he stood on the principle, is that something that you would have seen? Is that definitely okay? Definitely, man. He, he you can't you you can't be giving you know what I'm saying a running back that many touches and expect them to be you know like come on man, you got to pay that man. Like, he just showed time after time after time, like, hey, I'm the best back in the league. Why y'all just can't pay me my money? Pittsburgh was being, like, just real cheap, dog. Like, real, like, super cheap. It should just, you know what I'm saying? It should have been gave Ray Bell his money, man. It should have been gave his money. And, you know, him and now that him and AB is gone, you know, I'm real, I'm real curious to see what's going to go on with, with, with the Steelers, what they're going to do. I am too. Yeah. James Conner, he's got a lot of pressure on him now. Now, you know what I'm saying? Now Lay Bell really ain't coming back. Right. Now AB ain't there. Now you're going to, you got a number one option, but he ain't AB. This is true. <laughs> this is, this is absolutely so, true. Uh, but I, I could, we could have another conversation about that, but I kind of want to just think on, on Le'Veon just a little bit. Cause I'm, yeah. you know, of course, cause you had, a, you know, personal interactions with him. I'm just trying to get right. a, a, a little bit of a feel like, you know, like what, what type of cat was he? Cause like now I see that from what I perceive after this season is, you know, he really knows his sense of, of value. And yeah. he's not afraid to let other people know it. So I'm trying to see, like, is that something mm-hmm. that he just exhibited all the time, or is it something like he just developed into? Um, not all the time. I mean, he just just didn't probably just show it a lot. Um, I think that um, what he did is going to really open up and really open up a lot of eyes of you know a lot of other NFL players. Like, hey. You got to pay me my money or I'll sit out, you know. Like, that's going to start, like, you know, can I put that? For example, Zeke got a contract coming up. Dallas talking about paying, talking about paying Dak 30 million. Mm. Dak really ain't worth 30 million. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving Zeke whatever he wants first. So, you know, Dallas better play it smart. They better give, they better give, you know what I'm saying, Zeke his money. I, I think what, what Lay Bell did was really just, eye opening to, you know, a lot of other NFL players in the league. Like, hey, and I don't get my money, hey, I sit out. Like, I don't mind. Hmm, like so. they make a lot of money off the field anyway. Okay. They gonna, they know they're gonna get it back. Right. <laughs> That's good anyway. My body need a rest. So hey, you don't wanna pay me, fuck it. And here's what it is. <laughs> yeah, so you so you see him. Nobody gonna pay me. You see Le'Veon as uh 
a trailblazer almost and somebody who might be instrumental in changing the NFL culture and the way they uh, negotiate contracts with running backs or just star yeah, players in backs, general. Because with players, I like to shout out, uh, what is his name? Uh, Rebus Island, man. He really, I think he, now he really changed the game for he did. getting them contracts to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, come on, bro. We can't, we, come on, we can Bro, he was getting one year, $20 million deals before anybody was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> like, it's crazy to think about. Like, he was really getting 20 million. He, like, listen, I'm going to get this 20 million. I'm going to lock up this side of the field. Just give me 20 million. We can go win the ring. Yeah. He was a and very, did that. <laughs> he was a very shrewd, uh, negotiator. I, 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 very much admire his tactics on the way he was able to negotiate so much guaranteed money on every yeah. contract. That was very impressive. So that I think you're right. on to something. So I'm now that you said that, I'm going to be watching the way they do Zeke's next contract. That there is something It'll be there. very interesting. I'm I'm going to have an eye and a half on that. You got to give them. Listen, you got to give him Todd Gurley money or more. There's yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts. You got to. Unless unless Zeke just accepts less. Uh, Zeke just accepts less? Okay, well, fuck it. He just accepted less. But if he don't, oh, you got to pay up. Right. Yeah. That, I don't think they're going to have too much of a an option going forward if things continue to trend the way that it has so far. Yeah. For real. All right. Now, I kind of wanted to ask you about Magic Johnson. Now, I know you probably haven't ran okay. into Magic Johnson personally, uh, but you being a Michigan State alum, um, I was going to just ask mm -hmm. you, you know, did you feel any of his, like, presence or, um, like, influence on the school? Definitely, man. He's put so much... You know, money into that school, statues outside of the outside of the building. Uh, him coming back for games and stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, Magic, Magic definitely presence is all over that campus, man. From owning a lot of, you know, what I'm saying, on campus stores and stuff like that. Like, you know, what I'm saying, Magic, Magic has a big impact on that campus for sure. Mm. Definitely. So um, yeah, his, his presence is definitely felt on Michigan State campus, man. He owns he owns so much of it. Really? So he he owns not, real not estate. like on campus, but like you know what I'm saying, off like the the way it's set up, it's crazy. Like you know what I'm saying, we got like these uh like QD stores, like quality dairy stores, like Magic Johnson like owns all of them. Like they everywhere in Lansing, <laughs> everywhere. Mm. Okay, so yeah. so he he's he has like a you know real estate around the campus. To yeah. But it's near campus. It's basically on campus. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay. So that yeah. now that just puts more things in perspective. When I look at him quitting his Laker job, I'm like, you, you Magic Johnson, what you got to be dealing with all this extraness for? Like, uh, he got a lot. He, he got a lot going on. Anybody on the Dodgers, right? Yes. Yeah, he got a lot going on. Yeah, man. and I think he wanted to just get back to that man and just be free for real. That Lakers job was just. That that wasn't for him. Know, that that's not something yeah, that he's built for. I I I can see it, and you know, 
after everything came out afterwards, I'm not going to get into it. Y'all can go read the stories on ESPN and the athletic or whatever about where he was when they was looking for him. Uh, but it, it just, just doesn't surprise me that it just did not work out. You know, this, this guy is one of the most likable people of all time. And he was put in a position where he was unlikable for whatever reason. And, if I was Magic Johnson, I probably would have done the same thing, just probably not in that way. Uh, but, uh, you know, he shout out to him uh, doing what he does because he is setting, I guess, away from the Lakers, a great example of what you can accomplish, you know, in the business world. Right. All right, man. We're going to wrap this one up. We've been, I didn't held you long enough. Uh, you didn't did two podcasts with me today, man. I really appreciate you taking this time out, D. Uh, oh yeah, no problem. Let everybody know where to find you. You know, contact you on uh on the internet and uh just uh with anything you want to pump right now. Uh yeah, man. Find me find me on um uh, on Instagram. My personal Instagram D E E R N E T A R N E T T. Uh, you can follow my uh, business page, Idle Worldwide underscore. Uh, you can also follow the Forecast Podcast on Instagram as well. Um, Twitter, Facebook for both of those. Uh, yeah, man, catch you, catch you everywhere. All right, shout out, big shout out goes to my little cousin, D'Anthony Yarnett, for taking some time to jump on and not make me talk to myself about some of these NBA topics and y'all go check him out and everything he's involved in and shout out goes to all of you who have gotten to the end of this episode. If you'd like to get involved with the show, please follow us, subscribe, whatever at the rundown South on every single platform from Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we all over, uh, check out some of the stuff we're doing. Um, I'm putting out a few more blog posts, so uh, keep an eye out on the rundown.com to see if I can pique your interest in some of the topics that I want to touch on next. And I uh, thanks about it, man. Oh, and if you want to get on the show, CL at the rundown.com. Other than that, I'm out here. Peace. Yeah.